Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here, I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. When you're getting ready to launch into a big project, there are a lot of things to take into consideration. And a mistake that a lot of people fall into is that they launch into a project, get it done, and then think, oh man, I wish I would have done that differently. Today, we are going to be tackling that very issue when it comes to wiring and electrical in your home. Hey guys, I'm jumping in for a minute to tell you about today's sponsor, Stag Design. Stag Design gives you beautiful products you can mix and match effortlessly to create your perfect home. Use the code Heart of the Home for $10 off your next purchase. At Stag Design, we believe home is what we make it. You can find us at stagdesignshop.com. That's Stag with two G's. Hi, honey. Hi. I like when you're on the podcast. Thanks. I like being on the podcast. Do you? <laughs> I wish I could go back in time to your very first podcast episode because you were so <laughs> stiff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were so stiff. Kelton's over here. Our producer is nodding like, yeah. Because <laughs> we recorded a bunch of episodes in one day on your very first episode. And the first one to the last one, it was like night and day difference. Right. I was like, I wish we could go back and record the first one again because you were so much better. <laughs> well, I don't have 10 plus years of broadcast experience, so I'm catching up here. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> no, you're very natural on camera and on recording equipment. I don't know about on camera. I think I might need some more work on that. But. No, you're anyway, you're, you're better than you think you are. Well, but... We are talking today about um, when you get into a project, you need to know the master plan. Yeah, you really can't spend too much time planning a project beforehand. And I think for a lot of people, that's frustrating or, you know, daunting daunting or whatever. Um, but I, I don't like to do anything on a project until I feel like we've got a really solid plan. Because um, I think anyone who's ever done a project could say that they looked back at the project and wish they had done this or that a little bit differently. And, and we're the same way. I mean, there are always things that we wish we had known or wish we had thought of. There are things in our current house that I wish I would have done differently. Yeah, and that's inevitable. But you can really cut down on the number of things that you're frustrated that you didn't think about if you really spend time planning in advance. And... I think what we've experienced is we've gotten a lot better at doing that project by project. So now we're, I think, pretty good at it. In the beginning, not so much. <laughs> but um, if you're thinking about wiring, especially for like a home entertainment system, or now home automation is such a big deal, especially in that area, I think you want to really have a solid plan before you start into the construction and also build in ways to account for new technology as it comes along. So we can get into those details in a minute, but basically start with a really solid plan. And it, frankly, it probably starts with some interior design. Mm -hmm. um, and so Jen is a huge part of every plan for every project we do, of course, because I need her help and direction on how we want the finished product to end up looking and functioning. 
And we're a really good team, I think, in collaborating on that. And of course, you handle all of the design and function aspects, and I'm there to help think through what's practical and feasible and, <laughs> and doable. So yeah, start with a good plan. And, and not just a good plan for, you know, a home automation system or speakers or whatever you want to do that way, but also a good lighting schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, I feel like you can't underestimate the power of good lighting and well-placed lighting and well-thought-out lighting. So when you, when you think about lighting in a space, um, you need to think in different layers. So can lights... You know, whether or not you're going to have pendants or sconces, I feel like sconces are probably the most overlooked lighting until you finish a space and then you're like, Dak nabbit, I want to put a sconce here and Dag, I can't. If I couldn't, if I, <laughs> if I had a dime for every time Jen said Dak nabbit, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> you would. I'm just kidding. You never say that. <laughs> but like those lights are really important. So before yeah. you start into construction, think about, okay, I'm doing bookshelves here. Do I want to have sconces above the bookshelves? Do I want to have library lights? Do I want, you know, sort of under cabinet lighting? Do I want, you know, also when you're thinking about um, how your light switches function, do you want to have your plugs on a light switch so that you can plug in lamps and turn them on and off that way so Mm -hmm. you're not having to constantly walk over and turn off your lamp? Do you want to have electrical into the hardwood floor so that you could have something like a floor lamp in the middle of a space that people aren't always tripping over the cord? Right. You know, and as far as like speakers go, I'm working with two different clients right now who have home theaters who did not account Mm -hmm. for where to put their subwoofers. And now they are eyesores. And with both of them, we're trying to figure out now a way after construction's finished Mm -hmm. to house these ginormous subwoofers so that they aren't weirdly exposed in their theaters. And nothing is more frustrating for the person working on the project construction, either your contractor or me in our case, (laughs) than getting pretty well close to finishing a project and then realizing, oh, we need wiring to this spot. Mm Because you basically have to tear open so much of what you've just finished. And getting that back to the same condition as before is really hard to do. So it's just so important that you have a good plan. And we obsessed about the wiring and the lighting in our home, our current home renovation. And we gutted everything in this home down to the studs. And so it was really easy at that stage to put wiring, lighting, plumbing, whatever we needed, wherever we needed it, because everything was open. And so I was really, really focused on making sure we thought through every detail that we could. And we still didn't get it perfect, but we we got it pretty close, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like you say, the the lighting... I think is a huge part of why we love our home so much. I, you know, under cabinet lighting, lighting in our kitchen, we use that every single day. And it's such a nice mood for late at night when you just want some light. And anyway, I could go into detail, but we put all different types of lighting all throughout our house and really, really thought that through. And it makes a huge difference in how we enjoy the space. One thing that I wish we would have done that we did kind of think about, but we didn't really think was necessary necessary at the time, but I really wish we would have done it looking back. Can you think of what I'm going to say? Uh, no. <laughs> A speaker system outdoors on our patio. Oh, uh, we thought about that. We did think about it. 
but we didn't end up doing it. And I really wish we would have done it. Well, I, I don't think that's, I'm not too worried about that because there are some really good wireless speaker options for outdoor. So I think we did think about that. And the reason why we ruled out running wiring through the ground was because there are some good wireless options, but those wireless options aren't the same sound quality as wired options. So I wouldn't want to do wireless in our home, like inside. So there we put a lot of thought into where the wiring needed to be for speakers. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have done, this is for the next house, I guess, but speakers throughout our home so that we could turn on music if we have a party over or something like that. That's, I mean, you guys, that's pretty extreme, right? (laughs) But I would really like to do it in our next house. It's something that I've gone to a couple homes recently for functions that have those, and it's amazing. Yeah, we're often thinking, okay, for the next house, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I think we've got like a running list of things that we would like to have in our next house. Yeah. That's part of the fun, right, is just thinking how we can – create new spaces, new homes and do things that creative process, I think is really engaging for both of us. Yeah. Okay. What do you think is the biggest tip that you have for planning wiring? Well, again, it starts with a good interior design and really thinking what types of products do we want? How do we want it to be laid out? Where where will the couches be in relation and therefore where the, where should the speakers be in relation to the couch if you're thinking about like a couch seating area with a TV where's the TV going to go how high does it need to go where do the speakers go around the TV uh, where are you going to put the subwoofer that's a good one that's usually pretty challenging to find a good place for a subwoofer but you must because it you has to be in a, a certain space for it. for it to work. For the air to and, flow in and out of it. Right. So, And those are usually not the easiest places to put things. So it is a challenge. But um, And lighting and why. So we, we tried something that didn't end up working out very well in our current place. Um, but it's a great idea if, if, it's, if it works for your space and if you can spend the money on it. Um, We wanted a normal TV for our main, like, living space downstairs, our living room. But But we really wanted a theater room. I really wanted a theater room, and we don't have the space for it in this house. No, this house isn't a house that has room for a theater room. So I wanted to create something like a theater room, at least the ability to convert it into a theater room. So the way that I thought to do that was to have a TV for kind of everyday use, but then a drop-down projector screen when we wanted to have like a movie night, right? And so that may seem like overkill and it probably is. It was. And I told you probably 50 times it was overkill, especially given how big the TV is down here. I was like, John, are you kidding me? The screen is like double. But he he kept saying, he kept saying, this is the one thing. This is my one thing. I'm going to do all this work. And the one thing I want is a drop down screen. And I finally had to just go, okay, I wash my hands of this project. It is all yours. Our really good friends did the same thing though. And you got to admit, it's pretty amazing in their house. And theirs worked and ours didn't, but their space was configured better for, for that to work. Um, Anyway, so we thought, well, it'd be nice to have the TV on the wall and a screen right in front of the TV that can drop down and we can use a projector. So we had to wire for a projector and, of course, put the screen in in the right place and wire for the switches for the screen and 
Um, and there's quite a bit of infrastructure needed for that all to work. Plus in ceiling speakers and speakers, um, I guess they're all in ceiling, but you can also get some that are in the wall that the TV is on. So just laying all of that out really well in advance and knowing all the components you want to have, having a separate cabinet for all of the components, you know, the tuner, the D, I guess a DVD player, if you're still using like Blu-ray DVDs and all the stuff, cause there's a ton of stuff and a ton of wiring and you, you don't want that out in the open. So create a nice closed off space for that, which we did. But then you have to figure out how to use controllers for a closed off cabinet. So it has to be like radio frequency. So there's a ton of work to figure out exactly the components you need, the wiring you need, where it all needs to be placed and really put a lot of time into planning that out in advance and then you can run the wiring to all the places you need it. Uh, and what another thing we did was we put pretty large conduit in the ceiling and some of the walls in places where we figured we might need it. So that in the future, if you need to swap out a projector and the wiring to the projector or, you know, things like that. So, like there's a conduit from the back of the TV down to the media cabinet. There's a conduit from where the projector is back to the media cabinet. So if you're ever needing to run new wiring, it's really easy to run it through a conduit. It's almost impossible if you don't have a conduit. You'd have to tear open all the ceiling and the walls and what a nightmare, right? So I'd say start with a really, really well thought out plan. Everything, all the details figured out before you start. And then build in things like fairly, it's like a two inch conduit, really large to account for a ton of stuff if you need to put it through there. Um, so plan for things like conduit to allow you to make changes in the future without having to tear everything open. My biggest tip is to get an interior designer involved in the process very early on to help you think through furnishings, layout, floor plan, those little character things like sconces and additional lighting and plugs in the right places and things like that, because that's probably the biggest mistake that I I find with mm -hmm. people who are launching into remodel projects and uh, new build projects is that they don't get an interior designer involved until it's just time for furnishings. And that's a big mistake because yeah. designers just think of things differently than contractors do. And contractors think of things differently than designers do. And together, that's when you get a really great project. Even architects. I mean, uh -huh. Architects are in a way designers too. Absolutely. But they're more focused on obviously structural design mm -hmm. than interior design. And those are different. Very different. And, and I think Blue Atlas Homes is a really great example of that. We've done several projects with a builder here in Utah called Blue Atlas Homes, who is immensely talented. Amazing architect. Um, and he actually has, I think, more of an eye for design than most architects do. I mean, he was a designer. He was a product designer and a, he designed vehicles, actually. Um, and so his attention to detail is like, I've never seen he's another. Really talented, he's yeah. really, really, really good. But even he still looks at things differently than I do. And I would, you know, it, it made such a great project because together we could say, I'd say, well, how's this going to function? And, and what if we did this here? And what if we did built-ins here? And what if we added this molding over here? And what if we switched the lighting to over here? Um, or what if we added two drop-down pendants in the kids' rooms rather than just having a flush mount? You know, those, those are things that, that he didn't think of. And 
that I was thinking of because I was thinking about how the room was actually going to work for a person and a Mm -hmm. family who was going to live there. And so uh, if you're wondering when to get an interior designer in the process, it's yesterday. I think. Yeah. It's uh, the very beginning, the very beginning. And you know, it, it may seem like that's going to be really expensive to do, but it's really not because at that phase in the project, the designer is spending a couple of hours here and there and you're paying for their hourly rate. Yes. Um, but the great majority of the designer's work is after construction is completed. Exactly. So it's not a lot of additional work to involve the interior designer at the beginning of the construction phase, um, but it can influence how all of that construction turns out and how it, how cohesive it is with the interior design that's done so that you end with a finished product that has had that guidance all throughout the process. So yeah, I would... I have the benefit of being married to one, which is really nice. But if you're not married to one, hire one. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you're married to a bad one. Hire a good one. (laughs) Uh, That's probably not going to work for the marriage, but but yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope that you have learned something, gained some inspiration and some insight from this episode. Uh, We'd love to hear what you think. We say this often, but it really does make a difference. Please head over, give us a little rate and a review. We'd love to hear what you think and suggestions for new episodes. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.